So I texted my professor back and I said, hand in my paper. I hardly know her. <laughs> and she didn't respond. <laughs> well, uh, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Gears Cast. I am joined, as always, by my beautiful and ever increasing in power co-host Lily. Hello, Lily. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I am doing great. Uh, I had a tiring day today, but I am feeling uh, sort of in a good mood. So I'm looking forward to talking about some video games today. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, me too. Uh, we are actually, uh, I'm especially excited today because we are recording this um, short of probably around five to six days of seeing each other again. Which, dear listeners, if you know, uh, during our apocalyptic times, seeing someone you hold dear is a rare occasion. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm just here counting the days, you know, it's like T minus six days till impact. And I can't <laughs> wait. I was about to last curse. Time, I can't wait. <laughs> last time we have seen each other was in June, I believe. Yes, <laughs> which <laughs> is almost a year now. But uh, let's just, yeah. you know... Now think about that. <laughs> um, Alright, we have just a very short list of news for you all today, followed by, um, you know, us just talking about the games we've tried out, which is quite a lot, at least for me this time. Um, but yeah, uh, if, if, you don't, if you don't have anything else you want to mention preemptively, Lily, we, we can just start and get into the news. I believe we can start. <laughs> Great. So the first topic, <clears throat> it's just two topics actually, uh, but the first topic we are going to touch upon is the new Pokemon news. So have you seen the trailers, Lil? Yes, I have seen the trailers. Uh, uh, so I have mixed feelings. So um, I don't believe I can like provide my objective uh like an objective viewpoint because I always sort of preferred the 2D like 3DS graphics and stuff like that I really like you know Heart Gold and and the Soul Silver and just like the mystery dungeons and the 3DS and stuff like that so I sort of have the affinity for that style more than uh, the new style we're going for of course that we're moving in uh, as technology develops and as we get better hardware but <clears throat> i wasn't very impressed <laughs> mm -hmm. uh i guess we should uh clarify what we were talking about because there were uh several separate games that were announced and i have differing opinions on them i don't know about you right yeah me too um so i feel like as you said it's important to establish that for the first time in the Pokemon franchise, the development of the new Pokemon games is split up between two developers. I think um, the ones that are doing um, the Diamond and Pearl remakes, so there were, they announced remakes of the Diamond and Pearl Pokemon games. I think those came out originally around 2006, something like that. And... Um, those games are being developed n not by a studio that uh, made video games before, <laughs> but the studio that helped Game Freak make the models for the 3D games. Uh, 
So they are doing the remake. Meanwhile, Game Freak, for the first time in ever, is getting an increase in how much time they have to develop the next Pokemon game in order to make an open-world, Breath of the Wild-inspired uh, Pokemon game taking place in Sinnoh and being a prequel to the you know the games that take place in Sinnoh before. So we were talking about Platinum, Diamond and Pearl, even the remakes. Uh, and yes, so that is what has been announced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so yeah. should we talk about the remakes first? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What's your opinion on them from what you've seen? My first opinion, do you know the meme of like one of the Italian senators that, will, that has like really broken English and in an interview he's like, first reaction, shock. <laughs> that was my <laughs> first reaction, shock. <laughs> um, uh, so my first reaction was like, this looks absolutely I. I am going to gouge my eyes out terrible. The problem that I have, and I, I, I've since then calmed down, so this is not going to be a ranty podcast at all, but I can pinpoint exactly what my problem is. So if you look at the trailer, um, the environments of the Diamond and Pearl remakes um, look identical to how Diamond and Pearl looked. Uh, the only difference being that it has been transferred into 3D. Mm -hmm. That's um, that's not bad. I don't see an inherent evil in that. I think that's a valuable intent. Um, but uh, I have a concern, which is... I am very, very concerned with the fact that these environments look so identical that realistically they could be ported um mm. i from what i've seen i have not been given any reason to assume that they redid the models of the environments because they look identical only probably at a higher resolution and smoothed out a bit and that is very concerning because that has nothing to do with a remake so environmentally you can't really break <laughs> the world of Diamond and Pearl because uh, back then, even just from an environmental aspect, Pokemon was very stylized and very sure of its style and very focused and coherent. So you can't really destroy that by porting it to a new console. The problem is that that's a marketing lie. Um, you haven't remade the game at all. You've just ported it... And, a 16-year-old game onto a new console. And uh, uh, so that's just my problem with the environments. <laughs> uh, if you want, if you want, you can start up uh, a bit of your thoughts as well. Uh, do you know if it was marketed as a remake or a remaster? Yes. Oh! Oh, that's actually a really good question. Um, because I think there is a difference. Because a remake oh, for sure. means that you're making something anew, but a remaster is you're taking the old stuff and just like polishing it and improving it uh, um, for, yeah. That is a very good dis distinction and it's absolutely true. Um, I don't know how it is specifically with uh, these games, but um, I know that for past Pokemon game remakes, they were all clearly remakes. Uh, you could see that they had to clearly um, remake 
redo everything they brought into the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because of n- not compatible technology. And mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> it's funny because now that we are stuck in this uh, very divisive 3D era of Pokemon, suddenly <laughs> the first game that included 3D models, Diamond and Pearl, uh, suddenly those models aren't remade anymore. And that's, I find, I find that a very strange coincidence that I personally just can't ignore. <laughs> uh, but yes, right. I, what were your thoughts? Like, just your first reaction and everything. Uh, I haven't played the original Diamond and Pearl, so I do not feel, uh, I guess, qualified to speak on, like, the similarities and stuff. I don't really mm-hmm. want to speak on that. However, um, what I minded is, like, things that concern the game on its own, not comparing it to the originals, but just taking the game as what it is right now. Yes. And I have a big issue with it because, uh, as I said, even though I might prefer like this uh, 3DS style graphics and stuff, it doesn't mean that I hate uh, 3D graphics like this. And I think that stuff like this, and especially remakes or remasters, can be done beautifully from those graphics to the new graphics. And I have a very good example of that coming from Nintendo, which is uh, Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Link's Awakening went, did basically a very similar thing, went from these like old graphics, uh, like pixelated to to 3d models sort of plasticky looking toyish looking you know kid-like looking i think the comparison is these games are pretty similar and i really like how the new Link's awakening looks like i was excited to buy it i was excited to play it and i just really think it's very pretty even though i also really like how the original looks like so I, uh, even with my tastes, even specifically with my tastes, I know that this stuff can be done much better. Uh, it just, the way the game looks, I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. And it's not because of the style. It's, uh, I just think it, they're like, it didn't have as much time as it should have or as much effort put into it like money and stuff absolutely i know that like basically the almost exact same thing can be done better because we saw it with Link's awakening (laughs) yes uh you draw a very important comparison uh by talking about Link's awakening uh, my first reaction to Link's Awakening, the remake at the time, was, wow, this looks terrible. <laughs> um, but then uh, then I started to notice the details. I started to notice that this art style is it is confident. It is pulled through uh, throughout the entire game. Everything looks coherent and mm-hmm. as if it comes out of, you know, an idea. And that makes an art style appealing because it is a world where you can immerse yourself in. And yes, it is very, it looks very plasticky and stuff. It looks like a diorama, but that is the intention behind it. They succeeded Uh in what Uh they wanted to do. And that makes the art style inherently charming and inherently functional. Now, um, 
the problem that I then have applied to this project is that <laughs> if you just copy and paste the environments with a few changes from the original games, um, you need to make sure that they then work with what is happening on the overworld as well. Meaning, the characters and the Pokémon and everything need to look, need to have the same art style, is what I'm trying to say. But if you mm -hmm. look at the models, they don't look like anything the Pokémon franchise has ever done. And I'm sorry, they do not. <laughs> they don't look like the old chibi models that the Pokémon games used to do, because those didn't have mouths, usually. They looked very different. They had uh, neutral or serious expressions, normally. And now, all of a sudden, they have these very cold, chibi eyes and smiles, and very different proportions that they didn't have before. Um, and the problem that I have with this is that, unfortunately, this makes the game look very, very, very cheap. Because right now, the game looks like they just copy-pasted the old environments, obviously scaled them up, but w sorry, sorry mm -hmm. guys, that really isn't a lot of effort in 2021. And then made these really cheap, really ugly, non-detailed, untextured models that look like they come from a phone game. And that just doesn't work, because then and this is probably the uh, I thought about this earlier when I talked about importing stuff. Then you might say, okay, so maybe no effort went into that. Let's like let's take a look at the actual battles themselves, right? But even then, uh, I've seen in the trailer that uh, then during the battles uh, we go back to the style a little bit of uh, Sun and Moon, where the trainers were behind their Pokemon cheering them on. Right, it looked a little mm -hmm. bit similar to that. Um, with uh, I think it went at least the, tra the trainers had some comic-y lines. Uh, they were a little bit cel shaded, uh, if I recall correctly. But those models, uh, those models, like from the Diamond and Pearl trail uh, trainers, have existed ever since I think Pokemon X and Y, which I think what is that? 2013, 14. Yeah, it's a bit. <laughs> yeah. So not even those models are new. And what a Pokemon remake usually meant was, okay, we're going to take this old game uh, from the third generation, yeah, from the third generation and bring it into the, thi the sixth, or this game from the second generation and bring it into the fourth. Uh, we're taking these old games, modernizing them, uh, adding new looks to the characters, making new, entirely new characters, modernizing everything, um, grant the Pokemon new moves, you know, freshen everything up. But unfortunately, that hasn't been done here, because what importing these uh, X and Y models means uh, is automatically no character in the entire game is getting redesigned. None of them are. They all have the same design. So my problem is, where is the effort? <laughs> It's not in the environments, it's not in the overworld models, it's not in the battles themselves. Where is it? Uh, yeah, it almost feels like Skyward Sword HD, doesn't it? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! So, uh, and here I am yet again accusing people of being lazy. Uh, but I... <sighs> lazy is always the wrong word with these kinds of situations. 
but what I don't understand is how do you, as the most powerful, rich and important media franchise of the entire planet, decide to give this project to a team of people that previously have never made a video game, have only made video game models, and they just build this game out of seemingly just, you know, it almost feels like it's just held together by tape. They're like taping, you know, they're like, they copy pasted the overworld, then they asked some people to make some phone game models, then they stuck that in with some tape, and then they were like, okay, but we, we've never made Pokemon battles. Let's just take them from the, 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 the eight-year-old <laughs> 3DS game and tape that on. And it's just like this this monstrous creation where usually, you know, this is my last point. <laughs> I'm, I'm done after this. But uh, usually with Pokemon remakes, it also meant we are going to add the new mechanics. So for Soul, Silver, and Heart Gold, it meant here's so many games you can play with your Pokemon. You, you can make milkshakes and berries and so much stuff you can do because that was the revolution of Pokemon at the time and during the fourth generation was like, here's all these games, these applications you can play with your DS. Then there's, uh, you know, a Pokemon watch that you can put into your pocket and train them there, right? Really getting you involved in thinking about your Pokemon throughout your daily life without it being too obtrusive, right? And uh, the same thing was like with Gen 6 um, when they did the remakes of uh, the the of um, Ruby and Sapphire, they were like, the thing of Gen 6 is Mega Evolution. So we are going to create new Pokemon just for these remakes so that they may Mega Evolve. And obviously my fear... <laughs> My fear when uh, I knew that uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes would take place during the 8th generation, my fear was immediately, okay, uh, all these Pokemon that I love are going to get bloated and gigantified uh, horrible forms that I'm gonna hate. But at least it would have been something. <laughs> at least it would have made, you know, re meant that the remake is doing what the bare minimum of what all other remakes did before it, namely taking that generation and modernizing it. But uh -huh. this remake is apparently not doing anything. And that is my problem. Uh, yeah. Do you have any last words about uh, I, just I do. these remakes? Um, yes. So I think the important thing that you were talking about and what I am missing is uh, the charm. <laughs> because that's what Link's Awakening has for me. I really think the game has charm. Like the the art style is unique, but I grew to like it. I really enjoy it. Maybe I'll grow to like the remix uh, too, but I I doubt it. But uh, I really think that like since you talked about the fact that it really seems that those models are just taken from different games and just uh, polished. Uh, how, wh where would the charm even come from? Like, if you just take models and put them in a game, where do you take the charm from to put in that game? Like, there is nowhere for the charm to appear. It, it, it just feels... Uh, hollow, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think we can we can actually uh, take the bridge from a Pokemon game that does nothing to a Pokemon game that does something and <laughs> talk about the problems that come with po the Pokemon company trying to do something. <laughs> so the other game that was announced is Pokemon Legends Arceus, which, um, as I said is before... Is it Arceus or Arceus? I think... I think the pl the word is like Arceus because Arc Deus, you know. Ah, we might get in, hate uh, comments one way or the other. <laughs> maybe, may yeah, probably. Uh, for, uh, I'm just gonna say every time I say Arceus, uh, also think I'm saying Arceus. It's just uh, <laughs> your your hearing is tricking you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yes, no, um, the game, the, the other game they announced is obviously, as I mentioned before, an open world Pokemon game. It takes place in uh, old Japan. Y'all know how much, how tired I am of uh, playing ga Pokemon games in Japan, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so for the first time, there is not only going to be Pokemon roaming the, the overworld itself, uh, the Pokemon battles, for the first time in the franchise, will not be segmented off. Battles will take place in the same world as you currently are. With your Pokemon running around, uh, they are still turn-based battles, but the player themselves has mobility options. You can climb, you can dodge, you can run, and you will need to actually throw and aim your Pokeballs to hit Pokemon with them and potentially catch them. Mm -hmm. So... That is all we've seen in that aspect. So it is clear that this is something Pokemon players have been wanting for, well, forever, right? So obviously there's some, there's an inherent beauty and an inherent um, sense of excitement in this idea. Uh, and I don't think that's something they will get rid of uh, they will be able to get rid of how, no matter how bad they fucked this up. Um, mm -hmm. But my main concern with that whole thing, and I'll give you the word the word shortly, is just uh, I they don't have the money or the the skills or the technology. Uh, it's like if you look at the trailer, it runs at ten FPS, and some of the especially flying Pokemon they don't even run at frames per second. They just kind of glitch around the world because the game just cannot, for the love, for the love of God, work. <laughs> and that is very concerning because even for a game that, will, that is supposed to come out next year, and Pokemon games always come out in November, you can't fix that. You just can't fix that. It's... I think the problem just lies in the engine itself. The problem relies in the very, very core of the programming and code, and they cannot get rid of this unless they rip everything out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I guess we'll see. I'm, I'm a bit more uh, cautiously optimistic about this. Uh, yes. I... Uh, again, this like lies heavily in my uh, personal opinions and personal preferences, but uh, I really like what uh, what this game is trying to do. I mm -hmm. 
don't think I would want to play it uh, because I don't think it would necessarily be my type of game but I can see what they're going for and I think that uh, <coughs> with a with a bit of luck and with a little bit of effort it can definitely be a, a better game and I definitely think it is it has much more potential than the remakes do um, I do however have some things I mind about it but again I think this is this is probably just a personal preference I I don't think I don't think the graphics were the best I think we have seen better graphics on the switch uh, which I think is pretty apparent from the trailer but I guess uh, I don't know I'm not a big fan of uh, the art style they went for I honestly personally would really enjoy if they tried to be a little bit more daring and if they were inspired by Breath of the Wild I would have really loved if they went for a bit more of an experimental art style uh, because I don't know I, I guess I'm just a bit of bit tired of, of this art style I think it's uh, when it's not done super well, and I don't think Pokemon games or this game does it super well, then I think it just like isn't really that great. And yeah, yeah, I would have appreciated something more experimental, even something like Breath of the Wild did. Because I mean, I bought Higher Warriors just based on that art style, right? Like, I think. I think that is something that really gives the game some charm again <laughs> because it's just something unique and uh, something daring and I feel like uh, even though this concept is very daring for Pokemon to make an open world game I feel like in general uh, daring is what the Pokemon company lacks. <laughs> They often play it a bit safe and a bit like, let's do what we have always done, people will buy it. Uh, which, again, I am really happy that they are trying to make a new uh, gameplay style in the, uh, in the open world game. I really think that is a, a really nice move from them and hopefully a sign of things to come if they decide to. Uh, experiment a bit more in that regard. I just wish they also experimented in other areas like the art. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, so m my closing words on it, I completely agree regarding the art style. In fact, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. My thoughts on this, it is um, this is a golden idea. <laughs> it's really difficult to fuck it up. Uh, the only ways uh, for me personally that I feel like they could do it with to completely ruin this is if they just craft a, an empty world and make the whole game uh, look very bland and gray, which <laughs> unfortunately this art style is that's exactly what this art style inherently does. So they mm -hmm. need to uh, to put in efforts for those two things that I said to not come to fruition so uh, if they manage to you know prevent those two things make a world that is 
at least somewhat interesting uh, and fun to run around and explore and uh, not make it all look the same and kind of sad and boring then they're good to go and uh yeah i think there was <laughs> i think there was one last thing i wanted to mention but it's yeah yeah you important. definitely expressed my point better uh i definitely agree with uh the fact that that's basically what i wanted to say that uh this art style can look good but it requires more effort to yes. to look good than <laughs> if of course you would have to come up with a with a, a nice experimental art style but uh this sort of uh, art style is hard to make look good it can look great yes but it requires a lot of time a lot of money and a lot of skill and I'm not sure if uh, the Pokemon more... company wants to put it into this game. Yes, I'm not sure they'd want to, period. <laughs> I have two more very short, just personal notes on it. Uh, firstly, I very, gr I greatly appreciate the fact that we just have a wild selection of random starters at the start of the game. I think mm -hmm. that's a fun idea. I think that's also, yet again, something Pokemon fans have been clamoring for decades <laughs> um and the, my, and that's a positive point and my last negative point is by the looks of it and i'm very i'm, I'm like crossing my fingers i'm very afraid of it by the looks of it you know they officially announced this game to be a prequel taking place in Sinnoh before you know civilization uh got there and everything right uh mm -hmm. but it in the trailers it doesn't seem like this is Sinnoh <laughs> It doesn't have that geographical structure, <laughs> and I'm very afraid of them doing the same, you know, the, the thing that, like, drives me mad, where it's like, they say this is Sinnoh, but it's not. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like Sinnoh at all. Like, I'm gonna get very, like, you know, visibly, like, very stirred up by that, and I'm really hoping they're not gonna do that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I, I don't feel qualified to have an opinion on this. I'm not super familiar with how Sinnoh looks like and how it would compare, so I will trust you on that one, I guess. <laughs> okay, good. Then the only other piece of news that we have and I wanted to include because we have a residing expert in our midst <laughs> about it uh, is Splatoon 3, the announcement of Splatoon 3. It's Splatoon 3! We know nothing about it, but it's gonna be great, I know. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> exactly. Tell us about that. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know, but I really like Splatoon. Uh, I played Splatoon 2 a lot. I really like it. Uh, I'm a bit of a fangirl about it. So, I am a bit biased towards Splatoon, and I admit that openly, but I am real fucking excited. Like, it does not happen often that, like, a teaser comes out and I'm like, okay, I'm pre-ordering this. But I am. Because Splatoon 3 is just gonna be great, and I bet it will have... It will lack some things. Uh, we will probably, like, you know, get, like, trickled-down maps like we got for Splatoon 2, and it will take a while and stuff like that. But I am still excited. Uh, I am very much just uh, excited for uh, for the new options we're getting. The new hairstyles look amazing. Little Buddy is great. I'm really excited for what we're gonna do with that. Uh, new weapons. I love the I love the bow. 
the boat is gonna be amazing. I'm gonna play the boat definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I guess the rest is just I'm hoping for some things. Um, I am definitely hoping we're getting Salmon Run, but better. <laughs> I really enjoy Salmon Run. It's my favorite way to play Splatoon two, and I just cannot imagine uh, Splatoon without something like that. So. I hope we get something like that, but improved. I hope they don't forget about it. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Personally, what I'm uh, actually pretty excited about, I, I also don't know anything about the game, but I did like Splatoon 2. I don't have much to say, but I like the lore and the world of Splatoon a lot. Yes. And so I'm personally hoping we will get some form of single-player content. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a given, right? That's that's obvious that we will. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I want them to just try to at least a bit mash Salmon Run with the PvE solo content. I, I don't think that's likely. But for me, um, my whole thing is I would like them to uh, abandon this level structure and either do with uh, much larger levels or even... Um, a semi-open-world type deal. Very similar Mm. to what uh, the Mario franchise, which we will talk about later, is doing right now. I would like them to experiment with uh, large areas. And since, you know, the the level structure of the past Splatoon games has clearly been inspired by Mario, I am very confident, or at least very hopeful, that that's a sign of things to come to Splatoon as well. That's actually an interesting idea. I haven't thought about that. I don't personally think it's very likely, but mm-hmm. uh, it would be great. Honestly, I just I uh, really like the uh, single player stuff, especially in Octa's expansion. I uh, I played through all of it. I uh, played through all of it with all the weapons, <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed it much more than the Splatoon 2 base uh, single-player content, which I also feel uh, like qualified to talk about because I also played through that with every weapon, <laughs> uh, which was kind of insane. And so yeah. Like, yeah, that, got a bit, that got a bit repetitive. So um, <laughs> I hope that because we will get single-player content, just don't know in what form. So I hope that at the very least, it's like, it diverges more in the direction of the Octo expansion single-player content than the Splatoon 2 base single-player content. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, shall we move on to the games then? Or right. is there one last thing with Splatoon? Uh, no, I think we can move on. <laughs> okay, awesome. So then I'm just gonna do a quick one-two punch combo of very short game shoutouts, stuff that I'm playing right now and I have played but don't really want to talk about because I don't think it's that interesting. And also, I'm not gonna make videos about these yet anytime soon. So, mm-hmm. um, first of all, I tried out the Hitman uh, free demo on the Switch. Uh, this works uh, over cloud-based technology. And I have to say, I am impressed. I am. Wow. That works really well. I don't. I, I was very, very skeptical about all these cloud based games. And, uh, 
you know, that whole spiel, um, especially regarding stuff like Google Stadia, a console that just works over cloud-based stuff and is currently uh, dead or very dead in the grave. <laughs> so I, It is one foot in the grave. <laughs> yeah, more like, you know, they're more like, like an octopus. They're, they're <laughs> like an octopus and they have like seven of their limbs in the grave. <laughs> but... <laughs> We're like, uh, we're like shoveling dirt on their coffin already. Yeah, we really are. We're just like, let's get this over, guys. It's it's okay. Um, yeah. But especially because of that, I feel like maybe situations like these have worsened the Stadia's, you know, situation because we already have cloud-based games on the Switch that work flawlessly. And uh, yeah, no, so... Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the Switch obviously is not a very powerful console. So what a lot of developers have started doing is uh, we're not going to port our games to the Switch. We're just going to offer an option to play it um, on your Switch, connect it to a gaming PC that is very powerful on the other side of the planet, and you're controlling that gaming PC through your Switch. There is uh, wait wait times when you want to play a game uh, connected over cloud. There is loading times. There's all that kind of stuff. But I have to say, Lily, I am incredibly impressed. The wait time was nothing. It was akin to a load time. The load time then was as short as you'd think on a PC. Um, and it worked beautifully. It looked amazing. It was crisp. It was responsive. Uh, and this, I have to say, um, I tried this out with my German internet that um, is funnily enough now worse than my Italian internet. So this is not top tier. This is probably something accessible to most people internet-wise. So yeah, that was very cool. Uh, I didn't obviously, I, I didn't buy it. I'm not very interested in Hitman and buying Hitman, but I wanted to try out and see if this cloud technology works, and it does. <laughs> I don't know if I'm more impressed by cloud games actually being good or by the fact that the German internet you have can be worse than the, the internet you have at home. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. Um, but yeah, I. I am actually really surprised that um, that those cloud games work well on the Switch. I personally still sort of... I'm distrustful. I like to own my games. Uh, I like to play them even when I'm not connected to the internet. Of course, they're online games, mm -hmm. but uh, for offline games, I like to play them when I'm not connected to the internet. And... Uh, I guess that's also because I'm a traveler and I play a lot when I travel, so I play a lot when I'm not connected to the internet in a regular world situation. But I just... I, I, I am very glad that it's working well. It's probably not for me though, I just... I sort of like this reliable feeling of I own this game, I'm gonna turn on this game. I know it's gonna work because it runs entirely within the confines of my Switch. Uh, but yeah, I, I am glad it works and I'm glad uh, that people get to enjoy it. I hope a lot of people like it. Probably not for me, but I'm glad it exists and I'm glad it works. <laughs> me too, me too. Uh, yeah, I'm also unsure of like my personal future with this stuff because I'm very similar with you that the, uh, 
I have a hard time predicting which games I'm going I'm actually going to play outside of home and which I'm not gonna but especially when I'm in a bus type situation which you know not right now <laughs> but in the future mm-hmm. uh, when I'm bored out of my mind and I am confronted with games just not running because there's no internet that's a disastrous feeling nobody wants that so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to quickly move on to the next uh, quick shout out that I want to make to the Monster Hunter demo that I've also tried out. I <laughs> I usually don't like Monster Hunter games. I've tried to get into that franchise a million times. It's never really worked out between us. But um, this again, typical Monster Hunter game, uh, or should I say probably less typical than, you know, pre-Monster Hunter World. This is very much a Monster Hunter World sequel, but Switch ex- exclusive. <laughs> Going back to the roots of the developer, uh, they used to just develop for Nintendo, and then they were like, we are going to make a Smash hit, and then again do the sequel to that Smash hit exclusively for a Nintendo console, <laughs> because we are that bitch. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It, bring, it actually brings some new innovations, and this again is something that you would not think would run as well on the Switch as it does. It has lots of things happening on the screen, huge monsters, up to four players, so many effects and just mayhem going on on the screen and it just runs perfectly. Um, the big new innovation of this game is uh, it is inspired by some ninja techniques. So uh, you have basically some Spider-Man-esque options for roaming where you just whip out some, it looks like it, it almost looks like some sp- spirit web or something that you attach to a wall to pull yourself there, or you really just Spider-Man like swing around, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that's really like I thought that's really cool. Um, I liked you know how much that sped up traveling and uh, you know it didn't require you to always ride on your horse or whatever kind of mount you have there. You can now also mount monsters during the battle, which I don't think is new. But what is new is that you then control that monster for a very short time and use it to like punch another monster that is there right now <laughs> and try to like pin them against each other and like you know deal heavy damage through that to both of them. That was also very fun. The only nitpick that I have is, um, uh, I mean, obviously I I, I never really got much into the franchise because it has that inherent clunkiness where if you push a button, you're committed to that button. And if a monster tries to attack you while you pushed that button, (laughs) you will get smashed in the face. Uh, that's that's something I inherently don't like. But also, uh, I find it kind of sad that like all these new Spider-Man mobility options do not work during a fight. Ah, uh, you a will, shame. yeah, you will always be fighting in this game. The rest is just filler. So I get why in a Monster Hunter game you can't just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, monster. I'm Spider-Man now. I'm just gonna swing on that tree, and you can't hit me anymore." But I think it's a wasted potential to not try to introduce them a little bit during a fight. So mm-hmm. that, because that I definitely have... seems like a waste, like a missed opportunity. Yes, like for sure. Uh, so because, as I told you, I have these problems with like slower games. My type of fight, like my type of fight, is more akin to what a person like Bayonetta can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea 
to at least allow the player at a cooldown, obviously, to uh, drag themselves towards the monster or drag themselves away from the monster. Uh, I feel like that would be a good compromise. And uh, a lot of similar games have ma managed to introduce these kind of systems and balance them correctly. So those were my impressions on the Monster Hunter demo. <laughs> I mean, it still sounds very interesting. And I guess I, I'm i going to try it out because I wasn't very... Uh, I did try some of the previous Monster Hunter games and I didn't really like them, but I uh, really liked World, at least from watching it, because I didn't play it. So if this is more akin to World, then I would be very excited to try it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely it is. You, you should definitely check it out. It, I think the demo, you can still download it, but you can't play online, but should be fine. You, mm -hmm. yeah, so if you if you want to try it out, that's definitely a good option. Okay, um, next game I have been playing for months and months and months, and I'm still not through at all. Is uh, Digimon Cyber Sleuth? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving it a shout out yet again and talking about it again because last mission I was on was kind of gay, and I didn't expect it to be. And <laughs> Before anybody is like, ooh, you shouldn't be surprised that games being gay in 2019 when this came out, right? It's Japanese. Those people aren't really usually like, oh, wow, <laughs> look, look at the gays, aren't they cool? Uh, it was a side quest, but the thing with uh, this game is like, you have to do the side quests. <laughs> so that's not really, you know, uh, whatever. And... Uh, I was very... I, I forgot I forgot the gender of a character. Like, I, I didn't know because they dress in kind of ambiguous clothes and uh, I, I don't really, like, the, the, the side quests aren't voice acted. And that character asks you out on a date and, like, right as the mission ends, I was like, wait, it's a guy! I... wait! <laughs> I am forced to play as a guy and this character is also canonically a guy, so this is... this is gay! <laughs> what? <laughs> and they were like best friends ever since the start of the game, and I, 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 I was, I was very shocked. <laughs> but yeah, no, great. Um, the other thing is like it also uh, playing this game made me think of a world where Pokemon evolved in a way that did Digimon do, and not not in the sense that you know Digimon when they evolve they get huge and they get rusted metal arms and shit, um, or in the sense of that like in this game. You may have a Digimon that is a cat, but then you can, with the press of a button, like evolve it back, devolve it to their previous forms. And I say previous forms because Digimon evolution trees are more like family trees. So you may have like a Digimon that can evolve into five different versions, but it can also devolve into four different versions. So, so a lot of weird, wacky situations come for people like me, where I very much feel like I'm a purist in a sense that I have this Agumon and I want it to be a Greymon. I don't want Agumon to become this uh, insect vomiting over insects that vomits tentacles. <laughs> uh, I want this to, you know, stay pure. But uh, then, if I do it that way, I will run into some troubles with their DNA diversity which you need for the Digimon to be able to achieve higher, stronger forms. So, unfortunately, <laughs> what I was forced to do was tr make my cat's Digimon devolve into a piece of shit. Like, no, like, <laughs> legit a piece of shit. And make that evolve into, like, a bat. 
and then like try to remember wait if the bat becomes the piece of shit again it can become the cat and then the cat can become uh, (laughs) under woman and i want under woman oh hell yeah who wouldn't want under woman I know my my <gasps> end goal, and I feel like that's probably one of the most late game things on the planet is to um, uh, to fuse Anja Woman and uh, uh, what's she called, Lady Devimon. They can fuse oh, hell and yeah. become like <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And hell I've yeah. been working against that, and it's it's it is grating because they need like they need one hundred percent friendship, which is like winning one hundred percent battles, but not. <gasps> while in your in your party but like winning 100 battles for you so like they have to to get the killing blow and then they also need like a high dna diversity so that's where that comes in what i said before where they have to have been a lot of different digimon in their life and you have to remember like how you can get back to them (laughs) the, the ones that you actually want uh, but yeah, no, that's that's been really fun, and uh, I also like that the game uh, doesn't really understand when you have to switch on sleep mode, and it counts you as still playing the game. So now I have like <laughs> four hundred hours in a game, and it actually is a pretty good cheat because uh, your in-game time counts towards uh, passively training the Digimon you have in your bank, and so I have like a bunch of extremely strong high-level Digimon that like are borderline <laughs> stronger than my party. <laughs> uh, just in a bank sitting there uh, <laughs> but yeah so that's that, that's that and that is also, amazing yeah <laughs> and also just very very shortly uh, this is this is uh, I have to mention it uh, I, I ever since the, ever since Legends of Frontera came out I wanted to make a follow up video uh, talking about fair card games and good card games and basically just shit on every card game and talk about how <laughs> Legends of Frontera is genuinely the only fair card game on the planet, but um, I also want—I just want to very, very shortly mention—they uh, launched a new expansion, and basically every new legendary card is one of the gays, except for maybe what is it like? Except for Renekton, I guess, and Jarvan. Every other card that came out like in the last two months is just a gay card. <laughs> And I'm annoying my friends with that. Uh, but also, uh, the game is very generous, as always, blah, blah, blah. And I was able to do, uh, you know, to craft, like, two decks, day one. I now am playing, like, three decks semi-regularly, although I'm abandoning one of the first decks that I've crafted. But I crafted the wrong cards. I have very underpowered <laughs> cards right now, and I'm getting dunked on. Because there's basically, there's a new deck that is very... Um, that is supposed to be very late game and have to, like very specific and difficult to reach requirements. But if you reach them, you get like uh, different from the usual uh, stuff in Legends of Runeterra, where your champion cards, your legendary cards, can evolve once. These cards can evolve uh, two times. But what mm-hmm. happens is this is too easy and it's clearly overpowered. And so not only will your enemy co- completely stomp you all throughout the game. All, the enemy will also then, in the late game, initiate a three-minute movie of just their champions evolving in a magical girl sequence and just, like, yelling 
uh, for three minutes and you just have to wait there on the screen because there's no buttons during the the cgi sequences right <laughs> so you just have to wait until all of his like champions evolve and transform and yell about how much they love sand and books and violence and it's just like girl i know i've already lost can you please let me lose okay <laughs> <That's it. laughs> uh yeah that, that was that <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about a game? <laughs> yes, uh, I have a game I have a little bit to say about. Um, I want to talk about Carrie, and I played Yay! a little bit of it. <laughs> I didn't play much, I only played like maybe two hours so mm -hmm. far. Um, it's really fun, I really like it. It's, uh, I don't know if you know what it is, but basically you're playing as this sort of blob, and you're you're you have like bloody tentacles and you're destroying you're killing humans uh because you were like i don't know you were some sort of experiment and then you escaped this sort mm -hmm. of thing it, i don't th i don't think the story will be very deep but this is the concept and it's really fun just pretty simple stuff uh you just run around and you you have like slight hints of puzzles like maybe you cannot enter a room and you have to find your way to get into that room uh through other means and then you unlock and it's sort of like a <laughs> i struggle to call it metroidvania <laughs> but kinda you're like playing in a one area and you have some obstacles you cannot get through and then over time you unlock abilities and then can get to different areas or open shortcuts or stuff like that so in that case mm -hmm. it's, it's really fun i really like this sort of game style um i do have a piece of criticism but it's a piece of criticism literally everyone has had the map is what is the it? environment is confusing there is no map it is hard to remember what is where but aside from that i really really enjoyed that game <laughs> Yeah, it's like I've I've also uh, I I am also interested in Carrion and I've heard that criticism, and <laughs> I found it very funny to mention that a lot of people then defended the game, saying that this is intentional because you're an escape monster and you're supposed to feel confused by all these human machinations, and I find that really really funny because I personally am very strongly for the case of like annoying the player or stressing the player out when the game requires it but this is clearly not the case in this game <laughs> so i'm very like amused by that argument like that gets that keeps coming back when when people talk about this game mm -hmm. but yeah um what do you what do you feel about like the violence in carrion because like i i'm a, i always feel a bit iffy about like killing innocent scientists are they like are they like saying mean stuff before you kill them or are they just like scared <laughs> Some are scared and some are shooting at you. Uh, ah. I think That's it's enough. fine, personally. <laughs> like, it's not... It's a pixelite game, and it's not especially graphic. Like, yeah, like maybe, maybe you split a human in half, but that cut is three pixels wide. So, like... Right, yeah. It, it, like, I know there are some more gory pixel games... But this is not one of them, really. It's just not, and it's fine. Like, yeah, there is violence, and there is violence against innocent people, but this game is not meant to be seen seriously. This is not like a... 
you know, this is not a game that you're supposed to take at face value. It's you're you're a tentacle mm -hmm, blood mm -hmm. monster. Like it's fine. Yeah, no, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, all right. So one of the games that I wanted to maybe spend a little bit more time on, but you know, it's not. I, I think I can also cut it relatively short depending on everything. I played uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, which I have been very excited uh, for for a while, oh, because Mario yeah. 3D World is the sequel to my favorite Mario game, 3D Land, back on the 3DS, I think it came out in 2011 or something, and I never played it because it came out exclusively for the Wii U at the time. And um, this new version is... Uh, it's not a remake, it's just support, but it includes Bowser's Fury, which has had a very, very awkward marketing cycle where literally nobody knew what it is. Uh, is it a new game? Is it a new level? It's What is it? Um, and I can just say uh, straight up, if you've played Mario 3D World before, don't get this. <laughs> it's not worth it uh, just to play Bowser's Fury, but and I'm going to contradict myself immediately with this sentence. Bowser's Fury is awesome, amazing, one of my favorite Mario experiences ever. Uh, <laughs> Bowser's Fury, in essence, is just a longer... It's just a longer a Mario Odyssey level without the Mario Odyssey um, mechanics. You don't have Cappy, you don't have uh, anything that involves Cappy. Instead, you have all the transformations and upgrades and powers that Mario has in Mario 3D World. It is a single-player experience, except a second player may control Bowser Jr., which is probably the most overpowered companion Mario has ever had, because Bowser Jr., different from other companions Mario has had in the past, doesn't like hold enemies or stun them or anything. No, Bowser Jr. just straight-up kills them. Like, Bowser Jr. can just, like, just whack someone and they're dead. And it works to bo with bosses as well. And um, Bowser Jr. will always be there, no matter if you play alone or in with two players. And um, if you play alone, you can... Which, I love this option, I think this is great. And I hope this is a sign of how they want to do Mario games in the future. Uh, you can... Uh, tweak in the settings the AI for Bowser Jr. So you can say in the settings you just you don't want Bowser to, Bowser Jr. to help you a lot, or you want him to help you a lot, <laughs> and <laughs> that means that like I I I put him on not helping a lot because you know I I don't really want him to just to kill everyone for me. But even on that setting, there was one situation where Bowser Jr. just killed the boss for me. <laughs> And I, I started laughing because I didn't know he could do that. And he just, like, the boss just appeared and Bowser Jr. was like, whack, with his pencil. Uh, not pencil, with his, uh, what's it called? Pa painting brush? Yeah, with his painting brush and just whacked him on the head with it and the boss was done. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically the other thing that Bowser Jr. will do for you is... Um, he can recognize suspicious spots on the map and paint on them to create items for you. And that's about it with what he actually does for you. Uh, the structure of the level is, as I said, it's basically a giant uh, Odyssey-style level with uh, different islands that you can swim from and to with uh, the companion that is also in 3D World, which is kind of 
a dolphin inspired sea creature and um the way it works is you have these different islands and sections of the map that can hold most of them hold up to five um stars or in the game they're called uh catch shines and you collect them uh one at a time and usually what happens is once you collect one and you leave this section or you know <laughs> uh, what i love most about it you don't you often don't even have to leave the section you just have to turn away your camera from the section distraction will rebuild itself behind your back without any load times to now <laughs> include this new star and what this means is that you don't have to play this as an open world game i don't like open world games usually i find them ugh, uh, sluggish and overwhelming and with this game uh, when I wanted to just say okay I really enjoyed this section I want to see what they do with it next I literally just turned my back to it and it resets to be an entirely new level and it all works without any loading loading times it's quite impressive really that's and, pretty uh, amazing uh, on the switch right now uh, 3d world and Bowser's Fury is the only yes. uh, AAA game I have on my wish list, and I'm incredibly <laughs> excited to get it. And oh, you should be, you should be. It's yeah, very because unique. I just I always wanted the original, but of course I didn't have the Wii U, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really hoping it would get on the Switch, and it did, and it apparently arrived with a really good expansion. So I'm super hyped for it, and I cannot wait to play it. <laughs> I, yeah, so uh, I'm going to wrap Bowser's Fury talk up in a sec. I only have two criticisms about it as a whole. I loved it. I really loved it. Um, The only two criticisms that I have is, uh, as you've probably seen in the trailers, the game revolves around um, Bowser being infected by a black goo that turns him into basically Godzilla and Mm -hmm. makes him incredibly powerful. And so the game works uh, around that where when Bowser gets angry, the world changes slightly uh, and uh, meteors start raining down, creating new platforms, destroying old ones, and Bowser will try to attack you with a laser. Um, That laser can be really annoying because the game, and this is not really the fault of the game, it's not always going to be designed in a way that you can hide behind something to avoid the laser. It's basically like a tracking beam. So if you are... Like, if Bowser can see you on the screen, you will get hit by it. It just deals Mm -hmm. normal damage. It's not really, like, it's not going to kill you or anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, avoiding that can be very difficult. And leading off of that, um, there are blocks that only Bowser can destroy when he's angry everywhere. And uh, instead of just forgetting where they are, I I just decided to just wait for Bowser to get angry and stand on the block until he's angry. Because... 99% of the time, behind that block, there is a star. (laughs) And you will need those. So, um, and that that basically meant that oftentimes I would just, like, lay down my Switch, wait uh, for a little bit until he's angry, and uh, the Switch will start to vibrate on my couch, and I'll know that he's getting angry. (laughs) Um, And that's that's basically my point of criticism, that I'm not sure if it has an actual timer, Sometimes he just will not get... I mean, he will always get angry eventually, but sometimes it will take much longer than before. So I don't really know uh, what it is based on at all. Uh, But usually I think it's like it takes two minutes. 
So he will usually get angry very fast. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because that is that that is a part of the mechanic. It it actually works beautifully. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's that's actually my only criticism. Um, it's otherwise it's I'd say basically perfect. Okay, then um, I'm really really looking forward to. It. All right. Yeah. So how, uh, how many more games do you have to talk about? Well. I'd say um, I'm going to talk about Mario 3D World for just a second, and then a really important game would just be the one you have as well, mm -hmm. and yeah. otherwise I just have a bunch of small games that I don't I, really I have, need to I have mention. two as well, so... Okay, great. So you want to you wanna, um, start with your game, then I can switch back to Mario 3D World? I mean, since you already talked about Bowser's Fury, you can just yeah. finish oh, talking. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to say much. Uh, 3D World, unfortunately, I get the criticism. It's one of the most hated Mario games, and I understand. Really? Because it is, yes. <laughs> it is very, very slippery to control. It, no matter which character you pick, I think Mario is probably... Mario and... I guess Mario and Peach are, like, the least slippery ones, because they... Because Peach is inherently slower, and Mario is just Mario. So... Uh, but yeah, so you can play as up to five different characters that all have very unique skills. There's Toad that runs very, very fast. There's Luigi that jumps higher. Uh, Mario says Mario. <laughs> and Peach can float. And there's a secret character that is awesome and the strongest character. And there's no reason to ever pick anybody else, which <laughs> is probably a problem because I've also played the game with um, young children. <laughs> <laughs> I've had the occasion to play it with young children yesterday, and it was a hoot because everyone is, everybody wanted to be the powerful character. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, so I get the criticism in that sense, and for me, uh, I, I don't want. I think it's unfair to then be like, oh, this is a sequel to my favorite Mario game, and it doesn't hold up to that, and blah, blah, blah. Because I feel like nostalgia goggles are always inherently unfair, so I'm not even gonna, gonna say that or go there. Um, otherwise, I think it's just very enjoyable. They did a, a bunch of small changes to the game compared to the Wii U version. Everybody runs faster. The way that is expressed in Toad is actually hilarious, because he runs so fast that you cannot control him, and you will die when you run with him. <laughs> And I know, I know I sound pissed off or, or something at it. No, I just think that's really, really, really funny. <laughs> like, anybody just that just plays Toad and starts running, they will fall. <laughs> because he's, he's too fast. He's just a little child. You cannot control him. It's yeah, he's too fast. He's gonna go fast. Like, the, 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 the most ironic part is yeah. when he gets a cat suit, he just looked like Sonic. Because he's a blue, <laughs> like cat-like thing and Sonic doesn't look like a hedgehog so <laughs> you just see like this blue speeding thing running around and, <laughs> and nobody can like c control them um yeah uh no it has it has some great level ideas it has a lot of like small puzzles uh, a lot of a lot of them aren't hard but just satisfying which love that and um the only other thing that I found also interesting, uh, obviously, uh, it is also story-wise, it is inherently better than the Ori Mario games because you can control Peach and there's something else to do than saving Peach. And uh, mm -hmm. they have a strong theme for the villains in the sense that they are all very uh, theme park themed. They're about shows and being fun and like tricking you and stuff. I think that's really uh, a fun theme uh, for the game to have. 
but you can see how art style wise and um yes art style wise music wise and how bowser and the villains are uh represented in 3d world you can see how they would go from this to odyssey which i found yeah very interesting mm -hmm. uh but lastly the last point i wanted to make is i have some weird confusion regarding the worlds in this game so the the, the main story as you will of this game is very 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 short compared to other uh, Mario's like even there like as always Bowser's gonna pull some tricks and be like not not die immediately and have some multiple levels and stuff but the game is much shorter than Mario games usually are even you know uh, that's taken into account but then <laughs> after the story there's just three more worlds like three more worlds <laughs> filled to the brim with levels uh, which I then don't really understand why they weren't in the normal, like in the... I know, I mean, with Mario there isn't really a story, right? But I felt like pacing-wise it would have been better if they were just, like, before you beat Bowser. Ah, okay, <laughs> like, okay. a, lo yeah. a lot of those levels are just remixes of, uh, of older levels, mm -hmm. but many of them are not. So I personally would have just taken those and put them before Bowser, and then after Bowser, put all the remixed levels, right? Because it right. feels, uh, to me, it just feels weird pacing-wise that the game just ends super fast, and then, like, you know, not a lot, not not everybody's gonna be like, oh, the game's over, but I'm sure there's three more worlds, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but there is, there's so much more content, so, like, it's not a shorter Mario game at all, the story is just shorter, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, um, strange. I found that important to mention, but yeah, that's it. That's so it with I have World. no clue what the secret character is, so I'm just gonna imagine it's Funky Kong, and I'm gonna run with that. Oh my god, you don't know? <laughs> oh my god, that's so fun. I yeah, you're gonna know. be surprised. You're gonna be surprised regardless, because it's it's done very nonchalantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> the secret character just appears in a level, and you're like, oh cool, they're here. And then at the end of the level, they just join you, like, after the flag <laughs> of the level. And you're like, wait. <laughs> the game's like, yeah, you can play as them now. It's fine, whatever. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm going to switch to some non-Switch games. Pun Ooh. not intended. Uh, ah. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about Dragon Age 2. Very relevant, right. very new. Uh, everyone is very excited about Dragon Age 2. So it's I've heard. All so the I've hype heard. today. Uh, I mean, so I've <laughs> seen a lot of people on Discord watching a Dragon Age 2 stream, so this is clearly an indication of interest. <laughs> yeah, I've been streaming a lot of it. I've been streaming a lot <laughs> recently. Um, but, so, to introduce myself, I am a huge Dragon Age fan. I played uh, the original Dragon Age Origins, uh, basically almost at launch. I played, uh, I bought Dragon Age Inquisition the first day it was in stores, and I played it at launch. Um, so I really like Dragon Age. I never played Dragon Age 2 before, uh, because I heard it's bad, and... So I avoided it intentionally, even though I had bought it five years ago, but I hadn't played it because I was scared that would ruin the experience for me of, of Dragon Age. Um, 
but I've been uh, told that it's not that bad. I know some people who really like it, and uh, so I decided I will give it a shot, and I started streaming.